What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Tuesday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. And we are officially, officially, after 618 freaking days, officially in week one of the CFL football season. I don't even need to ask you how you're doing today, Wade, because I know you are fired up. Absolutely fired up. Jeremiah Masoli's back! We'll get there. Let's go. We're going to get there. We (laughs) are getting there. But no, fantastic. I mean, I'd like to say sorry for the audio quality this episode. Uh, It is the long weekend. Connor and I don't have our microphones. We're back over Zoom for the day. Uh, We will have better audio quality for the Thursday episode, though, as we get ready for kickoff. Today, you guys know we're going through the Western Conference, much like we did last Thursday with the East. We're going to start in Winnipeg, go all the way west. We're going to have some news and notes for you as well as we can now catch you guys up on some cuts, some roster moves that were made, injury reports that are now coming out. Lots to get your hands on as we get into the CFL season. If you're going to be doing that, though, why not start off with a nice, cold, crisp, sawdust city brew from the Sada City Brewing Company, who offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code CFL. If you order now, you might be able to get it in by kickoff. Maybe if your team's playing on Sunday, you'll get it for that. But if you use that code, you get free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. And if you're an Owls fan, you're guaranteed to have your order before they kick off. Sorry, Owls ah, fans. You got that week one bye. Ah, very nice. Very nice. But as we get back into CFL football, you can get back into the game with Fox 40. Visit fox40shop.com to shop coaching boards, gear, and more. They have a brand new whistle out as well. Up to 120 decibels guaranteed to be louder than even the loudest crowd. While you're at Fox 40, use code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That is CFP15 at fox40shop.com. News and notes time. Unfortunately, we have to start off with a bit of a sad one. We're going to start off on a bit of a somber note. Alouette's owner, Sid Spiegel, has passed away. Our hearts, our thoughts, our condolences go to his family, his friends, and everybody in the Montreal Alouettes community. That is a huge blow for the Montreal Alouettes. So just want to say, you know, our thoughts are with you. Condolences and prayers from from everybody over here at CFP. Absolutely. It's tough to hear someone passing away just before the season or any time, really. Um, but certainly know that the Owls will honor him in their home opener uh, as we look into the season. We have the official word that Wade has been waiting for. I have been waiting for as well for so long. We thought it would be this last week. We, we said it had to be this. Number eight for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the return of the king. Jeremiah Masoli has officially been named the week one 
starter. We knew it. We knew it was coming, but we were still fired up for this. Oh, they said week one starter, so they can still keep you in limbo throughout the season. But I saw a tweet. I forget who it was. My apologies, but it said they tried to make it a contest, but this was Masoli's job to lose. And, and it, it was so perfect because he was the MOP. He was. In 2019, that was his award. And when he got hurt, they can't give it to a guy that played half a season. So they had to give it to the best receiver from that team who played with him and continued his stellar play afterwards. Not trying to knock Speedy B, but it was Masoli's award. And when he comes back this year, there's not going to be any questions about his knee. So are you really going to bench the guy that should have been the MOP in 2019? No. Absolutely not. You're not. And and this confirms it. And now we can move on with the great number eight, slinging the rock left, right, and center. And if Dane Evans has to play or comes in in portions, I have no doubt he'll play well also. But it's ready to rock with Jeremiah Masoli. And I am so fired up. I've got my Ticast jersey ready to rock for Thursday night. I'm going to get home from school, jersey on. New puppy in the house? See you later. If you want to help my family pick a name because we still haven't, head over to uh, my dog's got a great Instagram account that my mother runs, uh, Basset Hound Bow, and you can vote on his name because we're down to like three or four options and the family's divided. Bentley is the option. For me, it's Bentley. Right now it's Murphy. Murphy's taking Ooh, the steam. Yeah, I know. This is he's, a new one for me. I know. he's He's been the late developer, but he's uh, he's really shone through in the last day, Ooh. couple days. Little Murph action. I do like that. I do like it. Right? I must say. So head over. If the vote's still up, I'll try and tell my mom to extend it or put a second one up. Head over. Get your vote in. You could help name my family's new puppy dog that we're taking home this week. Maybe we should could, call him Randy for good old Randy Ambrosi. How's that? I was going to say, you couldn't make a push for like Masoli or anything in there. Like that's, that was, that was out of the question. Coach O. Coach O. <laughs> Love Actually, that. Maybe they call him Big Joe since they're Red Locks fans. Hey, what about Mark? <laughs> Mark? No, I, I don't know. Wouldn't, wouldn't be a Mark. <laughs> I don't know, man. The human, human names on dogs just gets me. I've always said if I ever... When I guess I when I have my own dog, he will be named Matthew. He won't be named Elks. No, it'll be Matthew or Trevor. Or Antlers on Helmets, you know, AOH, the little abbreviation. That's an awful name, but <laughs> AOH. Uh, let's move on though. Enough puppy dog talk until next week, whenever I actually can report on having the dog. Uh, and a name update. We're gonna be expecting a name update at CFP now. Well, I mean, we can put a I'll, I'll go on the Instagram account. I'll I'll post something about it i'm not gonna pump, <laughs> i'm not gonna pump my dog's instagram page through cfp um devere posey though will be out week one he, he mentioned that he wasn't gonna be ready to go last week they confirmed it injury report came out already dnp out confirmed which uh, like, so, not like an overly big deal for the tiger cats because their wide receiver room is so loaded but like for fans you want to see devere posey play right like he was the big signing for them in the 2020 off season. It was, everybody was like, Oh, sweet. We just got to Posey. You were looking forward to see him, seeing him play, but with weapons like Speedy B, Braylon Addison, Jalen Acklin, Nikola Kalinich, Jake Burt, depending on what he looks like. 
not a huge deal, but still, I mean, you want to see DeVere Posey in a Ticats uniform eventually. We'll see him eventually, He'll, probably in the next couple of weeks. But uh, cuts by Edmonton, Sean Lemon, who was pushed by Mathieu Betts this camp, and Vontae Diggs, their standout linebacker, both cut by the Elks. Sean Lemon landed on his feet in Calgary. Vontae Diggs, Toronto signed another stud linebacker. They do know they can't have 12 linebackers playing at once, right? I mean, they have Jack Kassar. They've got Vontae Diggs, Cam Judge, Hinoch Wamba, Bear Woods. Like, oh, my. The list goes on and on for the double blue. And I, I don't know, like, are they going to have a Carlton Ravens defensive package where it's one down lineman and the rest of your front seven is all linebackers? Like, there's so many options for them to do, and it's going to be cool to see how they break down their packages and snap counts for these guys. I'm really excited to watch. I mean, Sean Lemon signing back in Calgary, big signing for them. It's a good get. There's been inconsistency questions with Sean Lemon, but now on to Diggs. I mean, Diggs landing in Toronto, that is great rotational depth for the linebacker position in the Argos locker room. I am, I, the more I think about it and the more that we look at their roster, I'm really excited to watch this Argos team play. And I think they could really shock some people. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to be. Like I said last week, I mean, it's going to be a slow build, um, but they're going to have flashes early. And those flashes are going to be pretty spectacular to see. I'm, I'm excited for the league as a whole. I can't even single out parts anymore. I'm just excited, excited that we are back. Football. I am so, I'm so ready. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be on cloud nine all week. You see me? There's nothing that's going to do to deter me from this. We've got – Oh, we're just going football. to be floating around Toronto all week. Oh, it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, not Let's ready move. to go, though. We've got quite a bit of news and notes here before we actually get to the meat of our episode. We're rambling more than usual, so we apologize. Uh, Andrew Harris ruled out for week one. Big fancy implications. He was the top cost for running backs in CFL fantasy week one. Brady Oliveira, though, named the starter. Johnny Augustine missed a bunch of time in camp, so they're going to go with the North Dakota prospect. Matt Nichols is a full go now at the end of training camp, so no doubts he will be the starter for the Red Blocks as they fly out to Edmonton. Some Canadian quarterbacks, though. Michael O'Connor named the number two in Calgary. Officially two quarterbacks as the number twos. Tom Flacco got cut in Saskatchewan, so that leaves Paxton Lynch and Mason Fine in Saskatchewan to be their backups behind Cody Fajardo. Your poor heart. Your poor heart. It was a tough one. Liram Hiralahu getting a workout with the Tennessee Titans. Yes, those Tennessee Titans that have Derrick Henry and his ferocious stiff arms may now get Liram Hiralahu and his ferocious kicking abilities. Not like we were calling for that all season last year in the NFL. How many times I mean, did we say Liram for a tryout last year? Two. I mean, it's, it would be, it'd be something very 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 nice to see another kicker go down south it's just opening up so many more doors for the cfl to branch into the nfl i know we have guys down there like delvin bro spent a couple years with the saints but the more guys we get down the more frequently we have guys going through like an alex singleton who then cracks a roster and becomes a starter the better it's going to be for this league up north to get big name guys and get big name players and attention down south of the border. Some last bit of news and notes before we have another Jersey talk. Legendary wide receiver, 
downtown Eddie Brown named Carlson Ravens wide receiver coach. He was a 12 year pro in the CFL, three time all-star one Grey cup championship under his belt as well. He will be going to coach Hanawai Loki, Nick Renault, and those stellar targets for Tanner DeYoung and the Carlton Ravens. That is a huge get for the Ravens coaching staff. A huge get. Like, it is right wow. as we come around training camp too. That's going to be a big boost for a lot of the young guys they're bringing in. Let's stay in Ottawa though. Ooh. The Ottawa Red Blacks, New Jersey's. Initial thoughts, go ahead. Uh, we talked about a little bit about it off air because we were just so excited to get to it. We both agreed the red would, was kind of and didn't do too much for us. It was a little bit bland. Cool to see them go with a red jersey, I guess. But, I mean, doesn't do much for me. The white jerseys look really cool. I did like the subtle touch of the plaid on the collar. I know we heard Mark Gowdy of Oseg earlier this year say, oh, we don't know. We might bring the plaid back. And we were both scared that he was talking about those stupid plaid helmets that they had. But no, it was good. It was a subtle touch. It's just on the collar, so I can get behind that. The white with the plaid on the collar, I actually really like. The new look Red Blacks, overall, with the limited options that they have at their disposal for their color schemes, for their jerseys, I think they did a good job. I like how they incorporated the plaid. The red is a cool idea. Doesn't do much for me personally. However, if you're big on it, I totally understand that. Having a red jersey is kind of cool, but you know the, the white and the plaid was the biggest draw for me. I think if they're going to be the red blacks, they needed the red jersey, so I'm glad they added one. I think they could have done a bit of a darker scheme with it. Honestly, I know the Falcons gradient looks kind of... I bad. hate it. Please don't go here. But for the team that's literally named the Red Blacks, it would kind of work, wouldn't it? I, I hated on I hated on the Rams gradients, and now I really like them. I'm not a fan of the Falcons gradients still, but for a team called the literal Red Blacks, it feels like it could work better than the Falcons one does. So I, I don't know. Maybe they could have went there better than the Falcons, though. You could do it better than the Falcons. 100%. You'd have to, yeah. I, I, yeah, you definitely could. So I, I, it would have been cool to see them go that way. You don't have many options like that in the CFL. Would have been unique, but I, I'm with you on the collar, uh, the plaid collars. I, I really like that touch. And I, I'm always a fan when the name bar changes from home and aways. So I'm glad they kept that touch as well. One more bit of Jersey news before we move on to our West preview. The Calgary Stampeders, it's not new news. We've all seen these anniversary jerseys that they are going to be rocking throughout the season they look great they are opening the season first game toronto calgary they are opening their season wearing these anniversary jerseys if you haven't seen them go look them up they look great it's got the red jersey white numbers red striping on the shoulder they look pretty clean i'm excited to see how they look in person they're gonna be opening the season with them a little bit of a bold choice but i love it can we please get the Toronto Argos to throw in like a random retro jersey and just go full back to the future in week one? Ooh, that'd be amazing. Bring a little late for it now. Royal blue helmet. It'd be a little late for it now, but I, it'd be cool to see. Let's go West preview now. We're running out of time before the season starts and we're dragging this episode on like it's some time way in the distant past where we had no clue football was going on. 
Winnipeg Blue Bombers, defending Grey Cup champions. What can you say about this team? They've lost their coach in Paul LaPolice, their offense coordinator, that is. They've lost two of their three quarterbacks, Chris Jugler, obviously with Arizona, Matt Nichols now with the Red Blacks. So that leaves Zach Caleros all by his lonesome trying to work his way through this win total 8.0 flat for their over-under. No Andrew Harris. Still arguably one of the best defensive fronts in the league, but the injury bug is starting to creep into that wide receiver room. Yeah, I definitely have questions. You hit on my biggest question there was the wide receiver room. What are they going to look like? Not not just in week one, but as the season moves on, if these injuries do start to linger, who's going to come out as that number one wide receiver for Zach Caleros? We said arguably the best defensive front in the league, but I think with the addition of Alton Darby, one of the best safeties in the league, this now makes them one of the best overall defenses in the league. They have some other damn good DBs there as well. I mean, I still like the outlook for Winnipeg. The win total set at eight is fair for me. I'm going to go over on it. I think they're going to hit that 9-10 win mark. Again, I know this is repeated information, but it needs to be said. It's a 14-game season. It's a shortened season. So I feel like a 10-4 season is fair for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think they might have a rocky start, especially if Andrew Harris is out long-term. I know that, you know, he's getting up there in age and Brady Oliveira looks very good. And Johnny Augustine and himself has had, you know, good reps under his belt, but they're not Andrew Harris, who is arguably the most important player on offense, not named Zach Caleros. Yeah. It's uh, the wide receiver thing is a question for me now. Like, Caleros, like some guys are gonna have to step up early in the season to help them out. But I think with this defense and the way Willie Jefferson's gonna be pressuring quarterbacks, you're going to be able to get away with it. We know they're gonna have a great offensive line. They're gonna lean on their young running backs like Oliveira and Johnny Augustine when he's back to full health as well. I think they can really push teams with the run game, and that's going to allow them to control games until they get healthy as a unit. Uh, win total low I'm going over I think they're perfect for a nine win team uh, this year and as we go through the Western Conference it's going to get tiered down further and further yeah I definitely agree I like the point that you made about you know their running game I would make the same point about their defense as well I think a very good defense can make up for a rocky offense to start the season at least and sneak you some wins that being said though we're going to continue on the green and white, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Win total set at seven and a half. One of the best defensive units in the league last time out. Cody Fajardo really came into his own as the season went on as well. Two of the best wide receivers in Canadian football with Kyram Moore and Shaq Evans. Injury bug in full effect, though, as their camp has moved on. They've really been fighting their turf five Achilles tears, which is ridiculous. And a lot of questions about how this defense responds with so many moving parts due to free agency and the injuries. If you remember, Cam Judge, Charleston Hughes, both took their talents to the beaches of Toronto in the offseason. 
Nelson Lacombo, who looked promising as the second overall pick, was one of those casualties to the turf at Mosaic Stadium, tearing his Achilles. A lot of questions surrounding the Riders going into the 2021 season. Yeah, and one of the biggest losses, Larry Dean, like you mentioned. How do they replace Larry Dean? We see them trying to now fill in with random bodies, but you can't replace a, a perennial all-star. Like this guy is one of the top linebackers in the game regardless. And when you have that injury, it's not something you can fix right away without making a huge trade and giving up a lot of assets. So for Saskatchewan, maybe you reach out to Toronto and say, hey, you guys have 10 linebackers. Can we please have one? Uh, offer them a couple picks, maybe a player here or there. But for the Rough Riders, the win total at seven and a half was great preseason. Now that we've seen their offensive line issues, we've seen how injured and banged up their defense is, looking like it's going to be the under. I am going to go under here, but not by much. I'm going to peg them right at a 7-7 seven and seven team on the season. So I, that half point scares me a little bit, as does their offensive line and some of these massive issues that they've had on defense with the injuries now. I love the fact that Cody Fajardo is going to be throwing to Kyram Moore, Shaq Evans, and the like, but are they going to be able to keep them upright is one of my concerns. And then if they get into a high-scoring shootout battle type game, yes, they're going to be able to put the points on the board. I believe that. But is their defense going to be able to make a big stop when it matters? And with the losses of Larry Dean to injury and the free agency losses, like we said, I don't know. I really don't. So I'm just under. This team's just such a mystery now. They had so much promise and people were so high on them that it pushed the totals up to seven and a half. We thought they might make a great cup run before all these injuries. And we may still be, that may still end up being the right take that we had. But from where I'm sitting right now, this team to me just has so many question marks. It's going to take them a good chunk of the season to get going. And at that, you're going to have the teams like Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg in your conference who we think can be great teams. It just seems like it's going to be so tough for them to climb out of a hole if they fall into one. So I'm also going under, thankfully they have that seven and a half instead of seven. So you can't push it. Uh, I'm going underneath with this one though. Totally agree. Let's move on. The Calgary Stampeders. Bo Levi Mitchell is back. He will be their starting quarterback on the season. Win total set at seven wins. Best turnover differential in 2019. However, they had one of the worst run offenses. And now they don't have Eric Rodgers. They don't have Juwan Best. They don't have Jawan Breskison. They don't have Reggie Bagleton. But they still have a slew of talent at wide receiver. Herji Mayala, Kamar Jordan, Marquise Ambles. Colton Hunchak, who I personally love. And to kind of bolster that run offense, Kadeem Carey seems to be very promising this year. So what's your take on the Calgary Stampeders coming into 2021? That run offense will be completely remade. I, I think with Bo Levi coming off an injury, I know it was two years ago. You don't want to put him in situations to get hurt again. You're going to give the ball to your running backs more often and push teams around. Because it opens up a lot 
deep game two in the deep game two for Bo and those fast receivers. I mean, they don't have the same names. They don't have the same guys. Forget about that. These guys they have are still phenomenal. Her Jim Ayala was unbelievable in his rookie season. 500 and yards and five touchdowns. And he's going to be that top option, I think, for Bo Levi. The turnover differential is always something you'd love to see, especially with them having Bo Levi Mitchell, who is known as a gunslinger, guy that can throw the ball around the ballpark and anywhere he wants it outside, even over the mountains. Put him out there with Uncle Rico. They're going to have the ball just fly in. I, I love teams that have high turnover differentials because it shows that you take the ball out of the other team's hands and then you never give it back. This is something that I pride teams and teams pride themselves on really um, because it makes or breaks your game in the long run. I mean, they always say defense wins championships. And one of the biggest reasons for that is turnovers and turnover differential plays a part in that too. I mean, let's look at Aaron Rodgers. This guy doesn't throw over eight interceptions very often. I mean, he's hit double digits, I think like once in the last decade for picks and his team's constantly winning their division, constantly in the playoffs when he's healthy. So if you don't believe in turnover differential, please go and just watch some film to see how crucial and how big in momentum swings it brings. My question, one of the biggest reasons for that turnover differential was Trey Roberson. Does that scare you off a little bit? I know that's a big loss, but there's guys there that can pick it up, I think. No, because the to me, they're still going to get the turnovers. You will find a way to create turnovers. Names, big names on defense help. Like having a Marlon Humphrey helps you get forced fumbles. But schemes and film study and preparation during the week can plan you takeovers. Or take, can they, they can plan you takeaways. Where you can put someone in a robber position like, Maybe Tunde Adelike sneaks down and surprises a quarterback that doesn't see him coming. You can scheme that into your plays for the week, and that kind of helps you there. So if you are creative enough and versatile enough to move players around into different spots and keep offenses guessing on what you're doing, you'll get the turnovers. But to me, it's Bo and the offense carrying the rock more and still having that efficiency that he's known for in his career that's going to carry the turnover differential forward for me. And they still do have guys like Fraser Sopic, Thurman, Greenwood, Derek Wiggin is still there, Leonard, Mechie. I mean, still a relatively stacked defense. For me, this Calgary, this Calgary line is interesting. Over-under set at seven. I think they're going over, but I think by just a hair. I think eight. an eight-win team. That's what I was going to say. Eight. That's be- where I'm going. <laughs> But that being said, if, if we think they're an eight-win team, that still pushes the over. So I'm going over with Calgary here. Everything that you said makes sense. I love what you said about having a turnover differential. I think for me and like for us, because we're both defensive players, if you, can turn, if you can create those turnovers and then have a quarterback like a Bo Levi Mitchell that is going to make you pay when you turn the ball over, that's crucial. Our question was around the run game. And Kadeem Carey seems to be the answer to those questions a year previous. Not to mention that they did add in Calvin McCarty as well. I know that hurts a lot of my Edmonton Elks fans, as, but, but it, it helps the Calgary Stamps. 
A happy defense is one that does not get their breaks cut short on the sideline from having a great two and out, turning around, sitting on the bench and seeing a quarterback throw a pick and you have to go right back out. So Bowley by Mitchell keeps his defense happy. Let's talk antlers on helmets though. The over-under is at six. Spoiler, I think Connor might be going over on this one. Uh, slow decline though over the last couple of years. The offense has just been kind of chunking down and down and down as we go. They have the best pass rush, but they ranked amongst the worst teams in terms of sacks on offense. Trevor Harris now has Greg Ellington and Darrell Walker. If they can find a way to work some of their old magic back in, they are going to make a difference on this team i mean let's listen to this one trevor harris greg ellingson fought uh four seasons they played together almost 280 completions almost 4,000 yards 20 touchdowns best combo since 2016 that we have seen in the cfl that magic needs to be there again this year and then some in order for the Elks to get over the 6.0 win total. Spoiler alert, I'm going over. I'm going over. I'll say it right off the hop, I'm going over. Offensive line is a question for them. Keeping Trevor Harris upright is going to be crucial. But when you have guys like Jacob Ruby, David Beard, Matt O'Donnell, Sir V is there. I think, and I think, Wade, you'll agree with me on this one, Thomas Jack Herdiala is going to come in and play a role there as well. Not to mention the weapons that they have on offense. You you mentioned Ellingson and Walker, but let's not forget about Armani Edwards. And by all accounts, I don't know how much, I, you probably haven't been paying as much attention to Elks, Elks videos and Elks camps as I have, admittedly, but JWJ, James Wilder Jr., I know we had questions about him in our fantasy preview, but if he's the guy that shows up and is the guy in the past that has lit the league on fire, that's only going to do massive things to help your offense because he is a threat in the pass game as well. Defensive side of the ball, I mean, Grimes, Rose, Gabriel, Mincy, Hightower, those are just their DBs. Like, that's their secondary, man. And then, you know, they lost Diggs, but they still have Clements, Brown, Walker. I mean, Sean Lemon gets cut, but I'm perfectly okay with, Kwaku Boateng and Matthew Betts on the edge. Their inside guys are more than more than serviceable. So as many questions as I have about the Edmonton Elks going into the offseason, sorry, as many questions as I have about the Edmonton Elks going into the start of the season, it seems like the answers are there. And our biggest issue, like we said, was some of the key losses that they had on the offensive line. So I don't know. I... I I'm hopeful, like biases aside, yes. Obviously, I want the Edmonton Elks to do well because I placed my allegiances there long ago. But throwing those to the wayside, I think that there's a lot. I think that there's a lot there to help the case of picking the over. And the over is only set at six, six wins. So for them to be a seven and seven eight and six type team I don't think is out of the realm of possibility especially when you have an offense like it looks like they're going to have and when we talk about injuries they've been hit but they haven't been hit as hard as some of these other teams in the in the west 
I, I think the Elks are going to be a six-win team. I'm going to push this one. I, I think they've got a lot of new pieces that they have to work together. Yes, they have the old tried-and-true formula of Harris Ellingson, but they've got a lot of issues that they have to piece together with new parts. It's going to take them some time. And much like Saskatchewan, you've got a tough conference to play, and it's going to be a fight to dig out of a hole. And I think they can fight well, but I don't know if they can fight well enough to break the six wins. I'll, I'll be happy. I'd love to see them at seven wins, um, but I, I'm just going to push it at six flat for now. Um, just don't just don't know who's going to lose in order to let them get up to seven. We'll make a little off-air wager. It'll be all right. We'll be fine. But no, I, I'm excited for this team to come out and I'm excited for the rebrand to take full swing in the stadium with all the merch. Uh, it will be something to watch this week when they play Ottawa. Oh, I tweeted this out before we move on. I tweeted this out and I am dead serious. Anybody who is at the Edmonton Elks game this week against the Ottawa Red Blacks, if you mail me one of the opening day t-shirts, I will pay an exorbitant amount of money for that to happen. I know they're free t-shirts on the back of the seats. I will pay shipping. I'll pay the cost of the shirt and I will tip you nicely. I'm being dead freaking serious i want one of those shirts they posted them on their social media it's a white shirt with a green antler up and the elks logo please 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 somebody get me one of these shirts we can move on now let's go to the last team west coast best coast bc lions win total over under 5.0 second best offense zone red zone percentage and time of percent uh, of possession michael riley if they can find a way to keep him upright, they can be one of those teams that ruins the season late, late in the year. The defense, though, they were seventh in second down stops. Yeah, that's not great. You never want to see that, especially in the Canadian Football League when those are just crucial plays that you need to be making. Big questions for me. I mean, I know they have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league with Bo- with Brian Burnham. Lucky Whitehead, Dominic Rhymes, Shaq Johnson. You can't get the ball downfield if you can't keep your quarterback standing up. And they were the most sacked team in 2019. I believe they've done a lot to address this issue over the extended offseason. I don't know if it's been enough. Time is going to tell. It's tough when you play no preseason games to really see how this offense is going to work, how this group up front, the five guys are going to protect Michael Riley. So you're going to have to wait and see. And for that reason, I think I might go under and go to four wins for this team. I, like you did with the, with the Edmonton Elks on the last pick, I'm going to push this one. It's I like the over-under set right at five. I think they could be a five-win team maybe six, but they got to play a lot of tough games and they have to show me that they are a team that can win those tough games. And again, I know I keep harping on this, but it starts in the trenches. You need to keep the most important player on your team standing up. And that is Michael Riley, because when he's standing up, he is one of the most deadly quarterbacks in the league. He's so precise. He's just a tactician with the ball and they have the pieces in place like the Brian Burnhams, like the Lucky Whiteheads, like the Dominique Rhymes, who I think is sneaky in there. So for me, I like the win total at five. 
I it's a, it's going to be a lot of show don't tell me for the BC Lions this year. You can tell me they're going to be a great team all you want, but I need to see it on the field. Plus, I don't think this gets talked about enough. Yes, he's aging. Yes, he's getting older, but the loss of Odell Willis on your defense is huge. Let's not forget that he's also one of these stars who just went and signed with the Toronto Argonauts. So, And they lost Casher as well. They cut him. Yeah, so, I mean, they they are uh, they are certainly in a weird position. And for me, if they can't protect Michael Riley, then you're playing with a true rookie at quarterback. And, yeah, he might play well, but how many – of those games are going to translate into wins if he plays well. Like, does that mean he plays lights out in the two-minute drill and leads comebacks like your favorite guy, Matthew Stafford, has done for years on end in Detroit? Or does that mean he just, you know, throws for a lot of yards, but they're empty yards like Dak Prescott because their team's already been blown out and they're just throwing every single play to try and crawl back in the game. So you can put up numbers, but it doesn't always translate to wins. And I'm worried that if they get an injury to Michael Riley because they fail to protect him. I Nathan Rourke might be in for one long season. I think they can steal some games here and there. You know, maybe they sneak some in on a depleted Saskatchewan. Obviously they're going to get one in on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Sorry to all the Ottawa fans, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be enough this year and I like them as a five win team. That closes us out, though, for now. We will be back Thursday with hours to go before the CFL kicks off the 2021 season. As always, though, you know where to find us, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective. And if you're getting ready for game day, you might need some gear. Are you geared up for game day? Head over to fox40shop.com for Fox 40 gear, whistles, and coaching boards. Use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Go ahead, get some of those, get some of that gear, get some of your trial layer whistle masks. They're going to have new products coming out in the fall as well. So be aware and stay tuned for that. You guys can get some great stuff from Fox 40, especially if you're looking to coach minor ball as we return to what appears to be a high school season this fall. And part of gearing up for the CFL season is absolutely being geared up for those tailgates. You can do that with Sada City Brewing Company offering brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sadacitybeer.com to shop their wide varieties of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL because we are coming back during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That's going to close us out for the Tuesday episode. On Monday, Marsh had a great interview with John Pearlberg, who dropped one hell of a season preview. So check that out at John Pearlberg on Twitter. His CFL season preview with TSN Edge was incredible. We're going to be referencing that all season long, no doubt. We've You've got us today with the West preview. Marsh and DT are surely going to be breaking down all the week one matchups on Wednesday. Wade and I are going to hit it hard before the kickoff of the Ticats and the Bombers on Thursday. We'll have more 
Might even see the return of Wade's wagers and Connor's covers coming back. Certainly we'll see that. And then Friday, we've got the house party coming up. We are damn excited to get back to some CFL football. Know that all of you guys are too. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us and helping us grow. While we have had no football to cover, no football to watch, now is the time where we are going to hit it damn hard because football is finally here. We're finally going to be able to cover it. We've got CFL and U Sports football coming up. So stick around, stay tuned, and we will catch you guys on Thursday.